It's going to be a barcode. Is it going to be some kind of national identification number? Or is it going to be some biometric some, some system? Find out what the mark of the beast is on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Inverse. We're looking at last day events. And one topic that you find in the book of Revelation is the mark of the beast. What is it? Is it some number? Is it a microchip in your hand between your thumb and your pointer finger? What is it according to the Bible? We're going to do a search in the Bible, but before we do so, we need to pray. So, Callie, help us out. Yeah, let's pray. Help us. (laughs) Father in heaven, um, we thank you so much that you do not leave these important things up to mystery, um, but instead you desire to make them so clear to us through your word. We pray that you guide us by your Holy Spirit as we read, that we would understand for ourselves, that we may know um, what you desire to tell us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Sebastian, can you read Revelation 15, 3? Yes. The Bible says, They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. The question for you, Sebastian, is uh, uh, what, what does that verse have to do with Mark of the Beast? <laughs> we'll find out in this episode of Inverse, won't we? Yeah. Um, so, um, Israel, <laughs> let me think, give you time to think about that. Israel, what are some signs that God has used throughout biblical history that we know of? Just to warm up the discussion today. The, well, the, the first one that comes to mind is the sign of circumcision mm-hmm. to, that he gave to Abraham. And according to our notes, is in Genesis 17, 9 through 11. <laughs> um, another sign was the sign of the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And as we're approaching end time is, is the, the sign, the special sign that is given. We talked about in previous messages. episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is the three angels' messages in part includes mm-hmm. a warning against receiving the, the mark of the beast. Any other signs you can think of that are not on our notes as well? That's about it. That's about it. <laughs> That's, That's, all the only one. That's all I got. Anyone else? You got to know. Well, I, Sebastian? I think some of the signs have also obviously been sacrifice, surrender, mm-hmm. true worship. Right? Mm-hmm. You think about Abraham in the altar as opposed to those around him. Yeah. Um, and also I think um, faith is another sign in terms of their approach to life. Mm-hmm. and to trust in God in the relationship. A lot of the other gods from other nations required, you know, sacrifice of human sacrifices or mm-hmm. your children or things like this versus God. It was a substitutionary element, but it was uh, taught through the sacrifice of an animal, mm-hmm. not human sacrifice, because in God's system, humans were to be saved, mm-hmm. not to be sacrificed. Mm-hmm. It goes along also with Micah. You know, he has shown the old man what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. I think that the ultimate underlying sign that God has always had with his people is a sign of love. Mm-hmm. And this this sign of love between God and, and mankind is always manifested in different ways. But I think that there's ultimately really one sign that has always existed between God and his people, and that's the sign of love manifested differently, whether it's through circumcision, which is circumcision of the heart, mm-hmm. or Sabbath, which is spending time with God, or the avoidance of the mark of the beast, which is the opposite of the seal of God, mm-hmm. which is having God in the mind. Sebastian? And you can also add to that, you know, you go back to Deuteronomy, and the Bible talks about how by keeping this law and, walk, and following these commandments, right, that this would be their wisdom among the nations, mm-hmm. right? So even his law and having his sense of government 
and the basis of that government was an indication that they were set apart differently from the other nations. Because if you think about it, he, Moses asked the question there in Deuteronomy, what nation has laws like these laws? No other nation had those laws or those principles of government and of character and of community that was governing all the relationships of the people in a way that matched up with what God had delivered to Moses on that mountain. Mm -hmm. So to me, even the law of God is a sign, which obviously the Sabbath is at the heart yes, of that law. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. absolutely. Let's actually look at some Bible verses because you guys are talking and not really referring any Bible verses here. Uh, let's go to Revelation <laughs> 13, Revelation 13, <laughs> verse uh, 16 and 17. Sebastian, can you read that for us? Callie, why don't you go to uh, Revelation 14 and 9 and 10. Okay. Okay, Revelation 13, 16, and 17. All right, the Bible says, He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Mm -hmm. And then Callie, 14, 9, and 10. Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Okay, we looked at the first angel's messages, Revelation 14, in, in previous episodes. Um, let's look at the third uh, angel in Israel. Can you kind of send, give a synopsis on what the third angel is basically saying? It's avoid something, and, and what is that? Well, it's the avoidance of the mark of the beast. Mm -hmm. And the, the mark of the beast here, according to the passage, is e either placed on the right hand or on the forehead, mm -hmm. which notice that it's not placed it's not placed over the heart. This is something that as, as the religion, any religion that is, not a, that is not the religion of God doesn't have a love for anyone except yourself, right? Mm -hmm. In other words, the religion of God True religion, I should say, causes us to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. Mm -hmm. Anything outside of that is self-worship. And ultimately, the mark of the beast comes as a result of the worship of self, self-preservation, trying to stay alive, not willing to suffer, etc., etc. And this is what causes these individuals to receive the mark in their foreheads or in their hands. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, let's, let's contrast that with Revelation 7. Let's go to Revelation 7, verses 1 through 4 here. Revelation 7, 1 through 4. Sebastian, can you read it when you get there? Yep. It says, After these things I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth the sea, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Okay, so what are we seeing here? That the book of Revelation is really focused on signs and seals and marks and kind of, kind of you know, claiming people for each side. And throughout this quarter, we've been looking at the ecosystem of heaven and the ecosystem of earth, and they're kind of fighting and, and claiming souls, not claiming wrong souls, but, but the people, yes, yes and, uh -huh. and, and, and getting people. So let me just ask you straight up, what is this mark of the beast? What is the seal of God? You have these two 
um, are they are they barcodes? Are they national identification systems? Are they biometrics? Are they well? What are they? I think the first thing you have to do is <clears throat> recognize that it's the mark of the beast, mm -hmm. right? Just like it's the seal of God. Mm -hmm. See, we kind of identify God, but we have to identify the beast and understand his mark. Mm -hmm. So when you look back in the text in Revelation 13, it says that when this land beast comes up, if we start in verse 12, and, or 11 and 12, it says, then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. Mm -hmm. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast. So mm -hmm. notice the second beast, right, which is an extension of the dragon's plan to make war, right, against the remnant of, Jesus, of the woman's seed from Revelation 12. He's saying, I'm going to use the first beast as a replacement, as we talked about in a previous episode, the counterfeit trinity. Mm -hmm. Now he has his third element, which is to drive people to worship that second, that first beast um, in the second part of that counterfeit trinity. So when we come down to the mark in verses 16 and 17, and he says he causes them to receive a mark on their right hand, on their foreheads, verse 17, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast, or the number of his name, mm -hmm. right? So, in in essence, right, the this this land beast is driving everyone to worship them, and the mark mm -hmm. is to basically be the seal that you're actually worshiping, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And so, on one side, this beast, which we recognize as the papal system, right, and that denominationally the beliefs and all the systems of ideas that go with that. This is replacing Christ, and the mark of that is the Sunday sacredness, right? So this is a couple episodes. We're piling layer on layer, and we, we're building up an argument here. Yeah? Yes. So if you guys are not catching or you're not, not tracking with us, you want to rewind and go to previous episodes and track with us until you get to our episode here today. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yes. keep going. So, so when you take the fact that here's the beast, which is the papal system, and now it's the mark, and as we established in a previous episode, that the church, in order to exercise its authority... Right, it changed the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. Mm -hmm. So therefore, the mark of the beast is that keeping Sunday as an actual holy day and set aside as a replacement for the seventh-day Sabbath, that is, in essence, the mark of the beast. Mm -hmm. But the key point here is also that just because people are keeping Sunday today doesn't necessarily mean they have the mark today. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important critical element so also let's, coming let's out So we want to do some highlights here. There's this really um, an emphasis on worship, yes? Mm -hmm. What you worship, how you worship, it really dictates on who you worship. And we're, mm -hmm. like, we're looking at um, two entities that are being worshipped and how and what you worship actually indicates which side you are, are allegiant to. Yes. yes. Um, very interesting. Can I ask the question? So the mark of the beast can be to your right hand or your forehead. Yes. But the seal of God is only on your forehead. Very interesting. What is the meaning there? Yeah, there's, a, there there's an established loyalty. Ultimately, at the, end, at the end of the day, it comes down to the establishment of loyalty. The, the final, this is who I'm going to worship. Mm -hmm. And... The person that is going to work, the person that receives the mark of the beast of the seal of God has ultimately made up their mind. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the, symbolized by the forehead. Symbolized yes. by the forehead, yeah. Yes. Now, so when it comes to the seal of God, you can, when it comes to the, the, the worship of the beast, it doesn't matter. The beast doesn't care. This, according to this, this false system of religion, doesn't care whether you truly believe something in your heart or whether you're just doing it for the sake of self preservation. Right. But when it comes to God, God cares about, first and foremost, the mind, which is actually a symbol of the heart. Mm -hmm. And nothing, nothing, uh, it, or when it comes to fully surrendering our life to God, 
God is not only interested in our actions, He's interested in our heart. In other words, the actions without the heart is not enough. Mm. But, but at the same time, whatever we believe with all our heart will ultimately be manifest in action. Mm -hmm. And so it's the surrender, when, when you're talking about the seal of God, is the total and complete surrender of the mind and the heart to who God is at the cost of whatever. Mm -hmm. And to recognize that, well, you know. Sebastian, hold that thought. We're going to come back after the break here, <laughs> and we want to really hear what you have to say. But we're going to get into what is the seal and the Sabbath and worship, and a lot of these really crucial key themes in the last days. Stick around after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back, you guys. We're in the midst of Revelation here. Let's go to, where were we? Let's go to Revelation 14, Revelation 14. And throughout, we've been jumping around Revelation here, um, but basically, these really cool patterns that we see in Revelation. You have the Trinity and you have the counterfeit Trinity. You have the city of God. You have the city of Babylon. Of Babylon. You have Christ. You have the Antichrist. You have yeah, the heavenly sanctuary. You have earthly sanctuaries. And you got the mark of the, well, you got the seal of God and you got the mark the other way around. So you got these, um, what do we call them? Contrasts, mm -hmm. opposites. Um, juxtapositions going back and forth, yeah. And in the midst of all this, you have Revelation 14, and you have these three angels' messages that are really clarion calls, clear messages that we should really take seriously. So, Kelly, can we read first? Can we read verse six onwards? Yes. And we'll spend some um, how to how to navigate through these these last days according to the three angels' messages. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come, and worship Him who made heaven and earth, the sea, and springs of water. And another angel followed, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image, and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Right. So Revelation, kind of in my imagination, you have this kind of you know, blender of all this crazy stuff going on. You got deceptions going on, you got all these entities, counterfeit trinity, all trying to get God's people. And in the midst of this, you have these three angels that come out, kind of the messages that are to help um, us, uh, God's people survive. What's going on in the first angel's message here, Sebastian? Well, the first thing we have is an angel preaching the everlasting gospel, mm -hmm. which lets us know that these angels are not preaching a message that is without hope. That's not bad news, right? It's good news. Mm -hmm. So he says he has the everlasting gospel to preach, and this is what he's saying. So that means the words of this angel are a part of the gospel. 
And he says, he's saying with a loud voice to number one, fear God, to give him glory, number two, and number three, to worship him because of a certain time period that has come in prophetic history, mm -hmm. which is the hour of God's judgment. Mm -hmm. So in, in this sense, he's calling them in ultimately back to the worship of God, mm -hmm. which seems to counteract that counterfeit trinity, at least from the, 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 um, the dragon, the serpent, who wants the worship. So he says, well, no, you need to worship God. Why? Who created mm -hmm. the heavens and the earth, right? The dragon wants worship for you know, completely different reasons, but he can't claim worship because he's not the creator. Mm -hmm. um, and well, I think let, that's let, key. let me step in here. Um, you know, I always, you, blah, blah, blah. there are these couples <laughs> out there who are dating and they date and then they break up and they date and they break up and they date and they break up and you just want to slap them really hard. I mean, like, <laughs> if you're going to break up, break up. And if you're not going to, if you're going to get together, then just kind of commit to staying together. This is fresh for you. This is yeah. fresh. Yeah. So I mean, this is, this real. is, this is the young adult existential crisis. So they're, they're on and off and on and off. And sometimes you're wondering, will this ever come to some conclusion? Mm. Yeah? yeah? And in, in our day, I mean, we don't have these kind of existential crises, but just imagine a, a, a sport. I'm not a sports guy, but a sports game. The never-ending rivalry, you know? Yeah. A tennis match is a never-ending game. The never-ending, you know, whatever it is. The never-ending couple that, that <laughs> you don't know what their conclusion is. Mm. And really, the, the end of the first angel's message is like, there will be an end of things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm getting out of. And then God has set a certain set of time, and this will end at some point. Yes. Yeah? And then it's talking about, and then there's, there's just so much activity going on. Then the second angel's message in verse 8 is that Babylon has fallen, has fallen, meaning he's predicted who the loser will be. Mm -hmm. in, in the first know. angel's message, the winner has already been predicted, and it's on the basis of worship by which we decipher the two entities, hmm. yeah? And then in verse, verse 9, the third angel's message is, I mean, what's, what's going on? I and mean, there's just a lot of weird, weird messages, where a, lot of, a lot of weird language going on, um, but it's, there's a test that's to happen in the last days, mm -hmm. yeah? Mm -hmm. um, and in verse, verse uh, 12 is where the demarcation of God's people are really defined, yeah? Here are they, here's the patience of the saints, here are those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. So how, what, what can we do? Here's, let's get really, really, really practical, okay? How, we're living in the last days now, we've, we've studied Matthew 24, Matthew 25, all this crazy stuff happening today. How do we avoid getting the mark of the beast and how do we get the seal of God into our minds? First Israel. of all, we need to, I think the foundation or the context of this is God's judgment, mm. which the the fact that this is the context of, of of our daily experience symbolizes the need for us to take God seriously. And so I think the judgment context makes clear in our mind that we're not playing games. Mm -hmm. Religion is not something that you play with, it's something that you take seriously. Mm -hmm. Secondly, it's not just the context of judgment, but it's also the understanding that this is a battle. This is, we're in the middle of a great controversy, and this is portrayed in the three angels' messages, that there is, to everything that God has, there is a counterfeit, mm -hmm. and that to every counterfeit that Satan has, there is an, in, there's another level of truth, and so forth. And so you have, from the very, very beginning, this battle that has been going on. God says, if you eat of the fruit, you're going to surely die. Satan says, no, you're not going to die. God gives us the law. Satan says, no, there is no law. Uh, God says, keep the Sabbath. Satan says, no, keep, you know, Sunday. Um, true, God gives us truth. Satan says, no, there's deception. And so Satan says, you have to, God says, you have to be 
Satan says, no, you have to do. And so we have to understand that there is this battle between these two powers. And ultimately, what's going to help us decide which side we're on is the fact that we're living in serious times and we have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. That's what the judgment basically says. And not mm -hmm. making a decision is making it's a decision. Is making yeah. a decision right. in and of itself. There's, there's a very, um, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, either or. Black or white? Yes. Dichotomy? Um, There's a line so, in the sand. No, it's a dichotomy. No, no, that's the word I was thinking. Good, There's dichotomy, a there you go. dichotomous <laughs> uh, theme here. It's, it's, and in, to be honest, it's, it's kind of unfair, forced uh, mm. pressure. Uh, anyone hearing this, 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 this conversation, yeah. Kelly? Um, like, man, guys, that's just a lot of stuff. Um, mm. <laughs> I, I just want to sit and um, well, watch is, Inverse for the yeah. rest until Jesus comes. Like, <laughs> we appreciate that, much. but... What, what would you <laughs> yeah. say? Well, this, is an ex this is an explanation of reality. Yes. And the reality is that it is. We are so you're, you're saying grow up and, and get into the yeah. Bible <laughs> and, 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 and you want to slap his face also. No, okay. I, I don't believe in slapping. Oh, you don't slap, but, you don't no, slap her face. Okay. But, but I think that it is saying... It, the, overwhelm, the overwhelming sense that we get is a very good thing because yes. it helps us to realize our condition. Yes. I'm overwhelmed because I'm underprepared, because I'm afraid, because I don't know how, where I'm going to be, because I don't know if I have the strength. Yes. And this ultimately leads us to the conclusion, you know, which is in verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Number one, there we have this element of patience. Yes. He who endures unto the end, the same shall be saved. In other words, don't try to get so out of the okay zone. It's okay to feel... Yeah. Oh, endure that. Endure that. Ah, uh -huh. you know, endure that. <laughs> and then it says, here are they that have... <laughs> here are they that keep the commandments of, of God and the faith of Jesus. Yes. Here's the answer. The answer is God and Jesus, is not me. Yes. And so this, this intense pressure is, is there to help us make the surrender, right? Yes. Not, not, it's not designed for me to to try to engage in the battle myself, but to say, all right, I need to surrender and allow God's, you know, commandments and, and Jesus' faith okay. to carry me through. Okay, I, I'm, I'm feeling better. I'm, yeah, feeling I'm glad. Better. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, two, there's two yes. things I was going to say. One, going back to your earlier question of how can we avoid the mark of the beast. Yes. And if our focus is avoidance, we're just going to find different things to try to bat out of the way. Meaning we can't just be like, okay, avoid, avoid this. Like kind of like same thing of avoid bad thoughts, avoid bad thoughts. But we have to... So Put something else there that, that wasn't even a good question to begin with. We can't avoid <laughs> the mark of the beast. We need to we embrace need to the seal of God. Proactively find the yes. seal of God. Because same yes. thing, even in our Amen. lives, if we want to avoid false worship, we need to embrace true worship. Mm -hmm. If Jesus is in the proper part of our life, everything else will be in its proper place as you well. You know, it's mm -hmm. interesting you mention that because one of my dad's college friends, he actually works at the... Um, Department of Treasury, and he deals with counterfeit money. Okay. And I remember getting a chance to meet him one day, and I asked him, I'm like, man, I heard there's like thousands of different counterfeits out there, money. You know, I'm like, how do you catch every single one? And he says, I actually don't study counterfeits. He says, what he studies is the American money, and he knows it every detail to the number of lines between the eagle, how it's perched, the nails, the talons, everything. Mm -hmm. and I was like, really? And he says, all I do is I never see a, a counterfeit until they ask me to show a test and say, hey, is this legit? And he says, because I'm so familiar with the actual money, mm -hmm. I can easily spot a counterfeit. Mm -hmm. He says the texture, the color, the green is too dark, it's too light. 
the Eagles not facing the right way. He says because people who counterfeit aren't going to pay attention to that detail. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it lets us know that our focus needs to be on being consumed with the truth. Mm -hmm. And our familiarity with the truth, our familiarity with Christ is going to help us understand and expose deceptions and be able to see through, you know, whatever the devil's trying to throw at us. Mm -hmm. So to me, that drives us to the answer that as I draw closer to Christ and my familiarity is with him, I will be inoculated against those kind of things and I'll perceive the deception. So you're saying there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of people out there who are on YouTube and they watch all the last day stuff and they get into this and just because it's on YouTube, it's inspired by God. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's false. But you're saying stay away from that stuff. Absolutely. Uh, stay close to inverse, but stay closer <laughs> to the Bible and, 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 and truth. Well, because, you know, when I, like I was that. first coming in, you know, I got caught up in all this, you know, astrology and all these different things. So I'm like in the library reading books on Marduk and, you know, Babylon and different <laughs> symbols. And you're kind of like, oh, yeah, dude, this is a symbol of this. And this car company uses this symbol. And you're looking for all these signs of counterfeit this and counterfeit that and idols, not spending as much time nearly with the word of God, with mm -hmm. the truth and with the true God. Mm -hmm. So I'm so familiar with the false that to me, you can have sometimes an unsanctified familiarity mm -hmm. and even fascination with these things. And mm -hmm. that's, that's the deception of Satan ultimately, because the idea or the, the underlying idea behind that is that we have what it takes in us to, to overcome, that's right. to mm -hmm. overcome, you know, the last day tests and deceptions mm -hmm. and counterfeits and whatever. Whereas that's not the point of the passage. It's, it's so to lead no, us to no fall barcodes, in love with Jesus. No, no biometric identification, nothing on your right hand, nothing in your left hand either. Yeah, nothing, <laughs> no, no chips in your hand. But, uh, last verse for today, I'd like to go to Ephesians chapter 1, which I think uh, really encapsulates a lot of what today we talked about. Verse 13, the Bible says, In Jesus you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Mm -hmm. I really feel, and from that verse, that the seal of God, as you were talking about, upon the heart, upon the mind, is really being subsumed with the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's the only way you can decipher these truths in these last days. How many of you, were you impressed with all the stuff that's happening in Revelation, more than getting to know all the finer details about the chips and the little numbers and whatnot? We just have to get closer to the Holy Spirit. It's my prayer. Hopefully prayer for all of you guys here at panel, all of you guys out there in out there world. God bless you guys. We'll see you next episode here on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.